Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 135, the proudest member of the Dumbass Media Network. Joining me this evening, Terry. We have no dumbass here today. I know. It's sad. It's sad. But he'll be back. And Ian. But I, I think the rest of us could probably be dumbass enough to make up for it if we try really hard. I, I believe that that is true. And the uh, the closest thing we have to a dumbass, Sean. I think that uh, in order to get him back, doesn't it have to get colder again, and then we have to put the magic hat, put the magic <laughs> hat back on his snow? That's right. We have to put the magic back in him. Oh, I hear something in the background. Who's playing something? Yeah, I'm taking care of it. <laughs> <laughs> taking care of what? You know what? You know what? Are you uh, watching porn? We're not a technically some challenged stupid show. razor commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how is everybody? I do miss Dumbass. I told him that I that we would miss him big time. Yeah. Yeah, other than missing Dumbass, I'm doing great. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. How about uh, how about you, Ian? Doing all right. Yeah. The heat's getting to me, but I don't do good with heat. Yeah. Get a haircut, you hippie. <laughs> you know, the one good thing about having long hair though is that you can wet it down and, and use it like a, a, a walk like a swamp cooler. You know, you just permanently have a, this wet mass on your head, and it should help to cool you down. Yeah, but the last time he tried to build a to build a fan into it, it was disastrous. No, oh, yeah, well, we can't have that. Probably get all wound up in it. Nah, it's no good. <laughs> all right, well, then I'm sure we've got all sorts of stuff to do tonight. So let's get started masturbating, unless we've got something else. I'm always down to. I have I have other things in my life aside from that. Yes. Oh my god. Like what? There are things. Okay. Let's masturbate with the masturbation moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Now, I, I'm gonna, now, Terry, you're going to force me to change the name of the segment. <laughs> well, no, not necessarily, because we went for both males and females. So. The, uh, clitra, the Clitra segment. So um, my story is about, from Jezebel. In November 2014, the Swedish Association for Sexual, Sexuality Education launched a competition to find a word to describe female masturbation. Clitra, a combination of the words clitoris and glitter, not glitter like the kid's sprinkles, but glitter like to, like to glisten or to sheen as in a moist surface, uh, was the forerunner, and it's now been deemed as official. A spokesperson for the organization said, quote, historically, women's sexuality, and not least female masturbation, has been taboo. Women are not expected to have desires and be turned on in the same way as men, which is reflected in the lack of words for masturbation. The word clitra was chosen because it highlights the importance of the clitoris for pleasure. And that's the end of the quote. I kind of love the word. I mean, I'm always down with, you know, I like linguistics and I like that it combines clitoris and glistening in the in the good way. And but um, the, it the doesn't problem. have the same alliteration as beating the bishop. Though. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it does not. It's but true. the other problem is, is that not everybody's going to realize that 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 it means glitter as to glisten. But instead, they're going to think about glitter in the vulva. Exactly. And, and this is a bad thing. Yeah, this it is, is bad. This yeah, is it's good. a bad association. But if you read a little into it, you know, and do a little more research than the Jezebel article provided, you'll discover that 
the Swedish language it translates as like moisten or right. Or well, to, the, to the problem the problem with that Terry is that this article is written in English. Right. And articles written in English are not actually designed to be read because people who read English don't read English. <laughs> the other the other problem is is uh, that I have is I've never had to read anything into rub one out. No, I haven't either. Or just masturbate. Like that's a good gender neutral word in my opinion. I, I agree. I don't. I I kind of love it, but I kind of like. I mean, I just because it's funny and cute. But I also see the point of the detractors who think that it's further kind of marginalizing in a way and it sort of um it makes it even more secret if we have our own secret code for it you know i don't know here's the problem is all these euphemism euphemistic ways that we talk about masturbation are a problem whenever we say you know um, even the star wars ones slow uh well i think so because here's the thing we should just say masturbate I think so too. Right? There's no reason to to, to mix words uh, to, about it. It should be. We should just call it what it is. We don't need to say, uh, you know, what choking the chicken. Well, we don't need to say all of these things that you know, that we've come up with for male masturbation. Right? They should go away, and we should just say masturbate. But when you hear or read the word masturbate out of context, do you imagine men or women? I, at this point, I imagine either or. I don't care. Mm. I I think that masturbate as a word has picked up bad connotations and that's why we have so many different pieces of jargon it's it is it is being treated as something dirty it is being treated as something secretive right and so it's great if you're a comic but not so good if you want to talk about you know get to the bottom of it yeah i like well, it. I, I like to get to the bottom of it and then head back up <laughs> too much information mac too much information <laughs> No, but the, I mean, and we're in what segment, Terry? <laughs> if you want to have an honest conversation, if I can't talk about this now, when can I talk about I'm it? Joking. <laughs> if if you want to have an honest conversation about masturbation, you use the word masturbation. I agree. In the same way that I like to use the actual words for the part, all the different parts of a girl, and not just vagina when you meet vulva. This is a this is a stand-up comedian's dream. This word, right? Some some stand-up comedian, male or female, is going to have a wonderful routine based around the fact that you know women need a special word for masturbation. Sure. Yep. And right? it's and can you buy it at IKEA? Exactly. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> and so, oh th- so that's great. That that and and if they and if and if they want to have those terms out there, that's fine. But I I have a problem. It, we we have to use the word masturbation. So I but in uh, we discussed on a former episode that I don't sext, <laughs> but I'm trying to learn. <laughs> ah, well, this see, okay, this might be a good sexting word. Right, yeah. that's what I'm wondering. If yeah, I, okay, like, okay. If I text Flitra question mark to Sven, if we if we <laughs> take the whole clinical piece out of it, right, then any word we want to come up with is fair game. Sure. Right. Even and even some of these ones that they didn't like might be you know quite usable. Sure. Um, where were the where were the suggestions in here that were rejected? Oh, they were in your article. Are the, they in my article? Yep, from the oh. Guardian. They had. They had suggested one, or you can link from Jezebel to the original um, contest. Okay, so um, flicking the bean, I do not like. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible, doesn't it? That's not yeah. a good idea. That doesn't I, sound pleasant. Clitra I, sounds pleasant. Yeah, it does. I, yeah. Actually, I, flicking the bean wasn't that a uh, wasn't that a nineteen seventy cop movie? <clears throat> no, never like, mind. That I, was that was freebie in the bean. Never mind. 
Punch and John or whatever. <laughs> okay, so the the answer you've been looking for, there is no there is nothing that comes up on IKEA where they search for Clitra. However, it does ask me if I meant Kavitra, which is a box with lid. Ooh. <laughs> in three it's different colors. It's a box, mm. Mac. It's a box. It is a box with lid and it is in three different colors. Yeah, see, I, I don't like the fact that so this is this is done by the Swedish Association for Sexual Education. If you're an educational group, you don't need a slang term. Yeah, but are they trying to change the culture a little I, bit around how okay. we talk about female masturbation and that's what they're going for? Yeah, maybe I'm being I, too rigid I, here. I think that they are trying to I think that they are trying to make it more acceptable so it so it does come back around to where it's it's okay. But here's the thing is that if you're going to do that, shouldn't you take back the language that's already in use? Let's take back masturbation because that that's one of the reasons that we do this whole segment is to normalize it. Sure. Yep. Uh, well, but but they have the same type of culture there where it is saying that women's sexuality and not least female masturbation has been taboo. So they are trying to take back the act first and then maybe they'll try to take back the language later. Hmm. Um at the towards the bottom of your Guardian article it's they're t- discussing the word fap which I don't associate with female masturbation. No, that's somehow. something you get at um at uh, Starbucks. A fap a Fappuccino. <laughs> latte! It's a latte! It's a latte! <laughs> With semen. <laughs> Sodomite semen. <laughs> They're all creamy, by the way. I need to drink some water if I'm going to do Pastor whatever his name Pastor is. Manning. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, but I don't associate fap at all with female masturbation. Maybe no. I should. I, I, I Wank. Wank is male to me. Rub one out. I kind of can out. go either way. See, but rub one out can go either. Wank is pretty male centric. I think yeah. so. Too. And wank also attaches to a uh, it, it attaches to a fairly derogatory term as well. I don't yeah. use any of these terms. Would you use any of these terms with your kids? Dial O on the pink telephone. <laughs> no, I would not use dial O on the pink telephone with my kids. They Wait. don't know what a dial telephone is. No, no, no. I, I, I meant I meant terminology like rub one out. Would you use that with your kids, or would you say masturbate? I would say masturbate. Yeah. So I mean, but I, I would not, not text. I probably wouldn't. Sex I don't believe I could have that conversation with my daughter. So yeah. Huh. I could use any of these with my boys and. Here's the thing, though, I'm at your relationship with your child is a little different than mine yes, it and is. Ian. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm, I'm not serious? saying I am not saying that you shouldn't have this conversation with your children. I'm saying I can't have that conversation with my daughter. Yeah, no. Is Brian being speciesist? No, I'm not. No, the, no, I have a human child. Oh, you did? I did not know that. I'm sorry. I thought you were referring to a bird. <laughs> no. Sorry. No. Uh, Tango's, got, barrier. <laughs> Tango's got his own word for it, I'm sure. <laughs> no, but to be fair, Max's relationship with his kid is complicated. Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's so it it is different than my relationship with my kids and Ian's and and Terry with yours. It it is very different. Sure. So uh, generally speaking, yeah. In generalities. And besides, most of us who would have yeah. this conversation would use the word masturbation. Right, because she's older anyway. What he should be asking her is, "Are you getting any cock?" I have a I have a daughter, um, and she's uh, she's sixteen right now, and uh, she's in grade eleven. So. Chances are, you know, my daughter's probably getting some cock. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't, don't make that noise. Fuck you. She works hard, man. She's 
got honors. She's not doing fucking drugs. Let the girl have some cock, for God's sake. That'll sound like her mother. <laughs> or not. Well, well, she's married, so I'm assuming yes. Oh, well, see, there you but, go. Anyway, um, by the way, this uh, in the Guardian article, uh, it said, as one, line, on, one online commentator pointed out, glitter is the herpes of the arts and crafts table. That actually was ripped off from a comic by the name of Dimitri Martin. I like to do crafts. I work quite a bit with glitter. Don't worry, I make tough stuff like daggers and skulls. The thing about glitter is, if you get it on you, be prepared to have it on you forever. Because glitter doesn't go away. Glitter is the herpes of craft supplies. Oh damn, here comes the sun. Flare up. You know what, though? That is the truth. Yeah. He, he followed that up by saying, get in the sun. Oh, flare up. Oh. <laughs> the herpes of the arts and crafts table. That is true. Glitter is the herpes. I hate glitter. But to glisten, I like to glisten. So, clitra, clitra. Clitra. One of my Facebook friends posted an article about glitter lung. It's an onion article. It was pretty good. Okay. I thought that was, yeah. There's a, there is, it's talking about the numbers of teachers who are, who are, having to face the secret shame of, of glitter, glitter lung. <laughs> okay. Can I tell a glitter-related anthropology story? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, in, the, in the crunchy parenting circles that I uh, was a part of when my first child was very little, uh, everyone tried to out-crunchy each other. Like we talked about breastfeeding and circumcision and anti-vaccination and all that. Not that that makes you crazy, but there's a certain cultural pressure among certain crunchy granola type parent circles to like overdo everything to the nth degree. So um, part of that, of course, is eco consciousness, which again is awesome. But uh, we did this arts and crafts products project with the um, herpes of the arts and crafts table, and some of the herpes got on the floor. And uh, I was not allowed to sweep it up and throw it away with the dog hair and the food crumbs and whatever the fuck else was on the floor. I was to put it back in the glitter jar for next time. What? Dog hair. With the dog hairs and everything else? Yes. Wow. I said, can I just yeah, buy you I, I, a new glitter jar? <laughs> no, because that would be wasteful. Well, you see, the thing of it is, it's all about producing a smaller glitter footprint. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> what is the carbon footprint of glitter creation? Well, it probably depends on if it's locally sourced organic glitter that's artisanally crafted by oh God. artisans or if it's <laughs> made by uh, whatever. Doesn't, art, doesn't artisanally crafted mean that it comes out of the ground? Yeah, I didn't know where the glitter is. It's like them artisan wells, right? I can tell you that if you spill a bunch of glitter on the ground, trees won't, glitter trees don't grow. So That's probably true. Yeah. Can you find a vagina if you dig down there? Underneath the glitter, if you move, no, not a vagina, maybe a pelvic girdle, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know what a pelvic girdle is. It's the bones, uh, the skeletal, human skeletal remains of uh, like the the hip bones and the pubic symphyses and like where you sit, your sitting bones and all of that. Okay, it's the pelvic girdle. It's like a little oval shaped circular hip bone structure. Okay, all right. Now I know. Now you know. Yeah. And we're off topic on clitra. Yeah, we we sure are. 
But uh, I think I think oh, I, I I'm okay with it. But right? you were I trying don't... to segue into vagina beauty. Uh, yep. Yes, we should segue. Yeah, I sensed your segue. I got all distracted. Sorry. I do <laughs> want to say I do want to say before we go on. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it, uh, whatever people want to want to say. Um, I just think that we we are we have some words that you that work in a clinical setting, and those should be used, and we shouldn't be using uh, euphemisms when in those types of settings. Agreed. Yep. So other than that, you know, say what you want. All right. So behold, a behold a beauty contest for the vulvas. Vagina beauty pageant. See, it does this. It, the, the the title pisses me off right from the start. Me too. Go for go go forth. Okay. Well, um, this um one company decided. Uh, okay. Okay. Hold on. Uh, hold company, on. Hold on. Stop. Ian, I'm going to pause this. I hope not. <laughs> I, I turned the recording back on. We'll see, we'll see if he can come back after this uh, without a reboot. Right there. <laughs> I'm going to start just injecting that word wherever, like out of context. I love it. <laughs> Clitra, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ian, that was a noisy Clitra. I dare you to I dare you to walk into Ikea and, and ask where that product is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, start over, Ian. <clears throat> okay. A company known as Autoblow is sponsoring the world's first vagina beauty pageant. Uh, basically, women from around the world get to take a picture of their vaginas along with a ha- um, something that says hashtag Autoblow Vagina Beauty Contest and submit it to a website and have it voted upon by strangers. <laughs> um, I what think... Are the- Go ahead. I think auto blow means that German people drive very fast, doesn't it? <laughs> what yeah, the it refers to a sex toy the company makes. That was my second guess. What are the lighting conditions required to get a no, it doesn't picture give any... of, the, of the inside of your vagina? Exactly. Oh, you don't show the inside. Ah, but they use the word vagina. Yeah, and here's the problem. So he, he says in here that he used the word because he likes it better than vulva, which I don't. I like vulva better than vagina, and it's more accurate. What the fuck does he mean? Does he mean a picture of the vaginal sheath? Well, that's no. what I, I mean. Yeah, do that's we need not it? what he intends. Yeah, no, that he just wants a picture of the outside because mm-hmm. that's what he'll be using to basically do a three. So the winner is going to be flown. The or the I don't know if it's the top three. All three of them get to go, but they're going to. Well, they're all three are getting a cash prize. Right. I don't but, know if all three are going to get um, so molded. So the top one will be flown out to California where they'll do a 3D scan of, of the vagina, and then they'll use that for the top of the auto blow. A 3D scan of the vulva. Of the vulva. Is what yes. they're actually going to do. They're not right. going to do the vagina. No. No. Because be- they have that already. It's a sheath. Right. It, yeah. The, I mean, it's that. So. Why not? I, I don't know. Well, I guess first of all, okay, the contest is fine. Whatever. Do you take your picture before or after Clitra? But here's the thing: vagina <laughs> is. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, is it that, just look uh, through the pictures and see the variety, though? There is definitely a variety of shapes and styles. If I if this had been my contest, I would have I would have made restrictions on how the photos were to be taken. More so that you had a more consistent view, so that you could really tell which one you liked. Some of those angles are awfully off. How did I miss the photos? Where are the photos? I watched the <laughs> video. Um, you have to go through a slight series of links. I can. No, it's right down oh. there on the bottom. It's, it's oh, right, I'll go. The I'll link is on the bottom. 
It's it's the link incredibly NFS NFW NSFW right uh, down I'll, at the bottom. I'll go click that right now. Yeah, click yeah. that. Basically, it's just a bunch of pictures of um the, the women's parts. So right, if you like the women parts. It's vulvas. vulvas, vulvas, Ian, vulvas. Say it with me. Vulva. Women parts. Oh my god. I don't like using the word vulvas because it confuses it with the Swedish car. <sighs> Which is also beautiful. That's a nice. I like all those. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I mean the uh, here's the thing though. If you're gonna pick a winner, don't you think that they should all be from the same angle so you have a better idea of uh, you know? And you look yes. through some of them are clearly wet while others are dry, which gives it a slightly different impression which of them. Is, okay, that's fine. Well, I mean, so what it all what it all comes down to it though, what he plans on doing with the winners is he's going to three D model them, right? So that he can so that he can essentially prototype these into. Uh, heads for his device. Right. Yeah. And, well, Brian, come up with your own contest, set up the rules, and you know we can do it. I think they all should have Superman underpants because that <laughs> is that kicks ass. Yeah, I mean, he, lots of women have done this. It's true. There are a lot of vulvas on display. Yes, there are. And Woo! anyway, on his planet, it Sorry. means hope. Holy shit! The piercing. What? Oh no. yeah, yeah, yeah. The piercing was a little. Like I can't imagine happened. piercing that. No, no. Why would you? I don't know. That's got to hurt so bad. everything nowadays. There's a couple of piercings in here. You know, this reminds me of, didn't we look at something like the labia project or something that was to show yeah. women? Uh, quite frankly, yeah. the labia project is a little bit uh, better <laughs> in, right. in that the, the, the purpose of it was just right. pretty much to, to – like we, you know, normalize this is to make it less taboo. Um, where and this this guy is using this as a monetary scheme. Yeah, right. Oh, and he should draw attention to his business, but yeah. that's what most beauty pageants really are nowadays, mm. anyways. So. Yeah. So I mean, it's fine. How many of these are there? Good heavens! There's quite a few. Uh, several, several million, probably billions, in fact. Billions. billions. Well, asking about on, on like, the page. Vaginas and on the page. Oh, on the page, yeah, not that many. Mm. I don't. It looks like I'm at 88. That's a lot. So many. So I'm on the main page. 89. Line, 89. Oh, there we go. 89. Yeah, 89. Okay. So are they ranked by? Yeah. Ranked by votes at votes. this point. Okay. Yeah. Look at what number 89 is labeled as, though. <laughs> scrolling, 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 scrolling. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. You well, it does look like there's some tucking going on there, right? Oh. Yeah. That is inappropriate. Yeah, I, I, yes, it, it took is. me a while looking at that. It's like clearly they took the picture themselves. Okay, so it's upside down. Okay, yeah. That is so. So eighty eight is Caitlyn Jenner. Eighty nine. Eighty nine is. Yeah. Uh, eighty nine is is reputed to be Caitlyn Jenner, but is actually probably Buffalo Bill. Yeah, or some <laughs> asshat. Some asshat. Yeah, I Jesus. had this been my contest, I would have immediately just. I wouldn't even have put that up. Why, no, why is it even not. up there? Yeah, yeah. Unless you know why. It, oh well, and here's why you put it up. Here's why you put it up is because if people are searching Caitlyn Jenner, they may get that link. Yeah, or some and asshats doing a podcast might come across it. Exactly. Yeah. If the first place winner only got eight point one out of ten, what is a ten? <clears throat> I don't know what a 10 is. Oh, they haven't got a picture of Bo Derrick's on there, so. Bo Derrick. No, she's, she's, she's a 10. A 10. Yeah, she's yeah. a 10. Proverbially a 10. Yeah, because Hollywood movies tell us exactly how we should rate everything. 
Yeah, which is how I know that you can clicker train velociraptors. <laughs> you know what else this reminds me of is we talked about critique my dick pic Tumblr. Oh yeah, yeah, That's I remember fine. that. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of that a little bit because this is vulva pics. Critique you gotta wonder vulva. though. There's a there's a huge thing with um there's a huge I, I guess a, a huge fetish for penis humiliation out there, and you've got to wonder how many of those people who post on Critique My Dick Pick are actually looking for humiliation. Right. Well, that could be. Well, if that's what they need, I hope they get it. I don't know. I'm giving points to the Superman Underpants Girl, man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it's because on his world it means hope. <laughs> but here it's an S. Oh. <laughs> so like I said, you guys need to set up the rules and we'll have our own contest like this and have women send in their vulvas for us to judge. No. No, I don't think so. Huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's been done. The Volvo Project. Yeah, yeah, but we can do it better. Better than the Volvo Project, really? Well, that wasn't a contest, though. No, but it was respectful. It was. A, it, I mean, it was just a good way. Yeah. To, it was just a good way to do it. Number eighty-one's kind of funny because, like, it's like she crumpled up the paper to throw it away and then rolled it out and tried again and crumpled it up. <laughs> 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 wow, it's just sort of fascinating. Okay, Brian, tell <laughs> us right. what the fuck they're thinking. Yeah, so here's uh, this is so um, HBO recently put out a podcast, um, Going Clear, which is based off of a book, Going Clear, which I recommend is a great read. I, I enjoyed that book a lot, and I also very much enjoyed HBO's um, documentary, Going Clear. So. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about, the Church of Scientology has a response to this. And the article that I found, freedommagazine.org, and I'm, I think that – I'm not sure if that is a Scientologist magazine. I think it is. Yeah. What is the Scientologist? So this is the Scientologist magazine online. Um, fr- so it's freedommag, uh, freedommag.org. And the, re- the response to going clear – is a video that they've created, and they're very good at creating this type of media. It's called A Decade of Expansion, a story, the story HBO ignored. So HBO is, was pretty critical of the church, um, but the church's response to the criticism is, hey, we're growing, look at us, which is pretty interesting because as I've been watching a lot of Scientology stuff online and listening to what a lot of Scientologists have to say, it looks very much like the numbers are severely inflated, um, that Scientology claims that their numbers are. Um, and there's a couple of different people who, who dispute their numbers. Now, uh, there is a video online of David Miscavige talking about how the church is the fastest growing religion in, you know, I don't know if he says the world or just the U.S., which is, which is interesting. Okay. If that's the case, where are all these Scientologists? Because he says around the world there are 10 million of them. That's a, that's, I'm pretty sure that's a quote from David Miscavige. Um, so I, I found the video and I watched it. And, and so it's, it is, uh, the video starts out, the first half of it is these, uh, um, is showing these ideal orgs. And essentially these ideal orgs are these big buildings that they refurbish and they, they're absolutely beautiful. And every, every ex-Scientologist, at least, says that they are absolute, they are the most gorgeous empty buildings in the world. 
In other words, the, they're, they're making all these ideal orgs, but there's nobody utilizing them. But they're, but they're making them all around the world to, to make it, to make it look like their presence is bigger than it actually is, is the feeling that I get. And, and I get that feeling from listening a lot to the ex-Scientologists talk about how, you know, they're building these buildings and they're empty. The last org that I can, that I think they built was, um, 2013 and that was in Australia. They haven't, I don't think they've opened an ideal org since. They also haven't opened, I think it's the gold building in California that they've been saying that they're going to open that was supposed to be this, this big Scientology building. It's, it sits unfinished as well. Um, I would have to look up the, the exact name of that. So, but what I did is I thought, well, what are the numbers, right? They're claiming that they're growing. They're claiming their numbers are huge. And so I did a, a search for the U.S. Census um, in Scientology because I thought it was census numbers. But what I came up with, um, and it is, um, uh, I came up with a couple of things. There's Mike Rinder um, who has his own. But the, the one that I wanted to go to first is an Excel spreadsheet from census.org. And this is put out by... Oh, it's a government agency that that essentially does a census on religion, and they've been doing it for uh, for a good amount of time now. And the numbers look like they're pretty good. I don't know exactly what the um, margin of error is in it. Uh, I imagine there is one, but science to get the science Scientologists have got to have millions in the U.S. alone, right? Based on based on the numbers, if they have ten million. The U.S. is is where it started and where the main population is, so you got to figure that a good portion of that those millions are here in the U.S. Would you disagree with that? Not at all. Okay, so I don't know what exact the breakdown is that Miscavige would say it is, but when you look at this, um, uh, when you look at this, it starts out with uh, Christianity, and so the uh, total Christians were two hundred twenty eight million in two thousand eight. Um, in 2001, there were, it was 207 million. And in 1990, it was 175 million. So they show some growth there. Um, but less growth between 2001 and 2008 than they did between 1990 and 2001. So, of course, I mean, that, that's, that's your Christians. And, and I don't know, what is the U.S. population? Does anybody know that? More than two. Look, look, look that, look that up for me, somebody. Yeah. So I'm not, but still 228 million Christians. And I don't, I, we're not, I'm not quite sure. Um, I thought we were like 250 million people. Uh, Wikipedia thinks that we are, uh, 318. 318. Okay. 0.9 million. So So almost uh, 319 million. Okay. So of that, a good point, the majority of Christian. That's pretty obvious, right? We're still a Christian nation by numbers. By numbers, not by, by numbers. Yourself. By numbers. Got that. Well, <laughs> and you, you've got to wonder how many of those are devout or if those are people answering saying based upon, oh, well, this is what my parents were. Well, if you look at this, they have the option to kind of categorize themselves. Yeah, but how are people going to categorize themselves? I, I don't know. Primarily as Catholic. Well, yeah. But to Max's point, uh, self-reporting is always fraught. Right? I, I I agree with you. So I, I I'm I'm agreeing that there is a margin of error in this survey, mm-hmm. right? I, I I I wouldn't dispute that at all. Um, it, you, I mean, just to, to get to my point, um, the Jew, the Jewish faith claims about two point six million. 
Um, yep. Muslims are 1.3. Rastafarians, 56,000. Oh, man, I wanted to be a Rastafarian okay. when I was in college. Right? <laughs> right, but that's <laughs> you, you up. Don't, but that's you don't up. need to be one now because we have it legalized. Yeah, it's this legalized, true, yeah. Right? So in 2000, there were 11,000. 11, yep. They went from 11,000 to 56,000 in seven years. Yeah. Okay, so here are the, here are the Scientology numbers. Um, in 1990, this this survey had said that they were at 45,000. In 2000, they were at 55,000. 2008, the same survey has them at 25,000. Okay, and how many uh, how many of them are reporting or not reporting or reporting falsely? Yeah, see, I don't know. But here's the thing: even if the let's say let's say let's give them a margin of error. The margin of error is not six million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's the only point that I want to get to here. I don't I don't I don't know for sure what that number is, but what I can tell you is there's no way there's a million margin of error, right? Right. Even if even if we say that there's a ten thousand margin of error, they, they're they're still shrinking. There's, but you have to realize this is the organization that um pumps up numbers for the um for um all the books and stuff by making their members buy them by you know. Well, here's well, so yeah. So the, there's a lot of questionable stuff that goes on within the organization as it is. So the, finding ways to pump up their numbers that's not surprising at all. Right? Well, hell, they've got they've got Crumb, they've got Tom Cruise as a member. But here's that's the thing: is that of itself. Um, now, according to and and of course, there's no way to validate these numbers, right? According to I forget which one it was. Um, my, maybe this is the Village Voice one. Um, the Village Voice article is great. Yeah, well, this is Tony Ortega, and so this is probably and and the other one, the other article that I put in here is Mike Rinder. Um, that and and Mike Rinder, he, I mean, he used to be you know one of David David Miscavige's right hand man. Um, him and Marty Rathburn. Um, let's see. So both of those, I think that their data is coming from similar places. The thing about Mike Rath or, or Mike Rinders is that he says that at one point he was actually in that he actually had those documents in his hand of how many Scientologists there, there were in, in all the orgs and everything, and he says that the number is substantially less than than even the twenty five thousand. So this twenty five thousand number could be people who are essentially squirrels, right? People who have left the organization but might still consider themselves Scientologists. So the, can you leave the organization? Well, I mean, yeah, you can. It's difficult, right? I mean, that that's one of the things about Scientology is that people getting out, I mean, are severely harassed. Yeah. Not all of them, perhaps, but I mean, if you're in the Sea Org and you leave, they they go out of their way. They have this um, doctrine called fair game, and so if you leave the uh, the organization, you're fair game for harassment. So anybody who wants to harass you is encouraged by the church, essentially. That's very sad. It is very. I sad. think I think I can explain the disparity in numbers, though, between their claim and the U.S. Census. Most of the Scientologists actually do not live in the U.S. Most of them live in a small nation called Scientolia, mm. which is uh, just south of the border of Luxembourg. So the Tony Ortega article refers back to the numbers that I'm referring to, but they go on to try and dissect this right and. Regardless of whether or not you um, you believe the numbers, 
from from the from this survey, which I which I would which I would say have got to be far more accurate than the numbers reported by the church. The other thing that the church does is that if you've ever bought the bought the book Dianetics, they count you as a Scientologist. You think it's hard to get off the rolls in a Catholic church or a Mormon church? You never get off of a Scientology role. If you've ever even talked to the organization, they count you it's, as a Scientologist. It's actually more difficult to get off the roles of the Mormons, though, because all the dead Scientologists are now Mormons. Uh, and and how do you figure? Because, because the, Mormons the Mormons baptize. Oh, yeah, because yeah, the Mormons are baptizing them. Okay, yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> See, I was right. See, but and Jerry the... backed me up. Yes, she it's did. Just, it's, it's like I said before the podcast. You and Ian are just contentious. Right, but here's the thing is that if – providing even though you're right, even if you're right and those I'm people right. have been baptized, they still signed a one – what mil, one million year contract with the search in Scientology? So they're still under contract with Scientology, even if they've been baptized by the Mormon. So, which which contract is stronger? Uh, we have to leave that to God to sort. Out, <laughs> Let God sort them out. <laughs> well, the Scientologists ain't got no golden tablets. So anyway, so I thought this was funny. So their whole their 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 whole um, response to the to the documentary going clear is this advertisement for how many orgs there are how much literature they're creating and and in that essentially they want to claim that they're a growing organization but the numbers are distinctly against them yeah what's so funny is that uh they get criticism about something unrelated and their answer is but we're growing but we're growing like that exactly, addresses yeah. the criticism which is completely yeah, argument from popularity or whatever. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. Argument. Uh, I argument. I I don't think that they can lead. They I don't think they can say they're growing. Tom Cruise is still the same height. <laughs> yeah, so is David Miscavige. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he hasn't grown. So yeah, so I I yeah, the idea that the the response to the criticism is yeah, and I don't I don't know for sure, but it, it doesn't seem like they sued HBO. Which surprises me. I, I I need to look at that. Look for that maybe more specifically. If Scientology, if they if they threatened HBO at all, or yeah. or if they went, you know what, that organization's you know scarier than the IRS. <laughs> that's interesting. You're yeah. right. Huh? That's I interesting. I haven't heard anything about it, which you know makes me kind of wonder. Maybe it'll come out later. Maybe there's pending litigation, so nobody's talking about it. But I mean, did they try to to sue HBO and did they try to strong arm HBO to not get this to come on? That does seem like their tactic. Did they do it or or did they just figure that they couldn't win it? And so this is their response. And the response is pretty poor. They don't respond to any of the allegations in going clear. None of them, which maybe that's smart. Yeah, just ignore it, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but they haven't. But they're not good at ignoring it. And Hubbard's policies say that they can't ignore it. Hubbard's policies say that if you have a critic, you must do everything you possibly can to to destroy them. Huh. And that's what happened to um, uh, Paulette Cooper. I mean, they they sued her for years. I really want to read Tony Ortega's new book. So, yeah, pretty interesting uh, that the their response was so poor. Yeah, that is that's huh. Maybe they're busy building a case or something. Uh, maybe, yeah, yeah. Students call for eradication 
of graphic novels from English course? <gasps> what the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, well. Okay, so apparently um, at Crafton Hills College, they have a course um, where basically uh, it's an English course where they read graphic novels and they discuss them and discuss, you know, the merits of them, what they're about, stuff like that. Basically, it sounds like the exact kind of college course I would love. That would just be so awesome to sit and read graphic novels and talk about them. You know, this is stuff most of uh, geeks like me do for free anyways. Um, well, this one young lady apparently um, found the uh, graphic novels upsetting. In fact, deeming them erotica and um, pornography and such. I've only read one of the ones listed, and that is Sandman Volume 2, The Doll's House. Um, but some of these deal with, um, third world, the, the wars over in, um, the Middle East, stuff like that. And they, apparently they get pretty graphic. Um, her, apparently she was saying she was expecting to find Batman and Robin, which is quite interesting mm -hmm. because if you actually are familiar with some of the Batman and Robin graphic novels that are out there, she wouldn't be happy with those either. Uh, specifically like The Killing Joke, I believe. Yeah, that's one that definitely pops up at the top of the Let list. Let me ask, would you clitra to them? <laughs> um, not these. <laughs> While there is sex in the dollhouse and stuff, it's not the stuff you're going to get off on. <laughs> Most of the, it, it's normally the more gritty, more um, unappealing stuff. You know, it, it, but anyways, so that that's the basics of it. Um, but this is a college course. She's a twenty-year-old yeah. woman taking a college course. Yes, she is okay. an adult. And apparently, she was upset with that. So upset that not only did she petition the college, she got her father to help her petition the college <laughs> to ban and, and not to just ban the course to ban these graphic novels from being sold in the college um, uh, bookstore. So it, it's one of these things where it's like, okay, we have an adult woman who is trying to be part of an adult community. Because what adults thing, do is go to their daddy. Yeah. To, <laughs> to, to make it so other adults are not allowed to make choices for themselves. I mean, this whole thing's kind of like, okay, um, I don't think you're quite ready for college yet, my dear. She <laughs> signed up for this course. Yeah. yeah now, and, I, I want to put forth the theory here. Okay. I, there's, a, there's a line down at the bottom of the second paragraph which says, at the end of the second paragraph, the student brought forward the complaint after the point at which she could drop the course without reaching a failing, without achieving, receiving a failing grade. Oh. So I, I, think, I think that what we're looking at here is probably that she brought forth a spurious complaint rather than, rather than fail the course. You, you do wonder that to some extent, although it's a bit excessive just for that. Yeah, no, not in not in today's society because it wasn't it wasn't her fault. Yeah, true. Somebody made her read it, and the instructor was mean to her. Isn't part of, maybe I'm old school, but isn't part of the point of college to challenge students to expand their little horizons? And, but, but oh no, no the it. the point of college is to drink and wine. I can I can <laughs> remember facing I can remember facing some pretty confronting material in some of my literature classes. Well, yeah. You when did you go to college, though? Uh, early nineties. Okay. See, see. Now the point of college is to drink and wine. Don't right. you know that we have lowered the standards for college so we can graduate more women? 
Okay. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Terry. Evidence for that, Brian. Come on, Terry. <laughs> but yeah, so I just I'll, did what I do with my father-in-law. What's the evidence for that? <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I, this felt really so out of place. I mean, but the um, college did refuse her um, petition, say no, we're not banning this stuff. The, the you are the only one to complain so far about the course. Um, we're keeping it going. We're sorry you didn't like it. Um, you sort of dropped out the first day, you know, because they don't—they didn't hide what the material was. She could have gone to the um, bookstore anytime, flipped through them, said, "Oh, you know what? This doesn't look like something I'd be comfortable with," and dropped it. But well, yeah, next question is one that popped in my head. You know, the convenience of the timing does make you wonder if you know she really just doesn't want to take responsibility for. Um, not being able to keep up or something like that. My, but still, uh, to get her father in on it. Right. I think you have a point about her not being able to keep up. I'm wondering in that comment she says about I expected Batman and Robin, she clearly had no idea. Like, you can read the syllabus in advance. Yeah, you know, well, you are a grown-up. You can read the course requirements. You can read the books in advance. And and I got to say, she lost Ian's sympathy the moment she said she expected Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wondering if she thought it was just going to be an easy credit or whatever. I think she probably thought it was going to be an easy credit. But that goes back to the, the general um, attitude of our society is so often that comic books are a joke medium. And they're not. I mean, still, um, Watchmen is one of the top 100 novels of the 80s. It is an incredible graphic novel. It is one I would recommend anyone read because it is so well done. And the more I learned about it, I mean, they did so many weird things in it that I you won't notice the first time reading. But if you get online and you find out and you go back, it's like, oh, wow. Because there, there are all sorts of hidden things throughout the Watchmen um, graphic novel. And that's that one based on the Zack Snyder movie, right? <laughs> <sighs> But no, people still don't take comic books as a serious medium, and they are. They can write, you know, they do incredible stories in these things. Civil War, Marvel Comics Civil War. Yep, that's definitely. That was there. a multi, you know, based pretty much an all Marvel Universe event, and it was a social protest about mostly about the Bush administration. Yep. Hmm. Really? And it, it ends with Captain America getting shot and dying. So, you know, it, but he only comic book dies. Yeah. Regretfully. Uh, one of the comments down here is like, oh, gosh, I hope nobody's going to make her read Shakespeare. Shakespeare is body yep. as fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so is the Bible. I mean, you know, <laughs> the stuff that's in literature in general is just as bad. Wait, uh, hold on, Ian. Nobody reads the Bible. Come on. That's true. Only atheists read the Bible. (laughs) But that's because it's pornography and good Christians can't um, handle it. Apparently. You know, I'm going to stand by my position that she was looking for an easy credit and didn't find one. I think you're right. But that's not the way you deal with it. You don't end up trying to protest it. It, Well, that's the way she deals with it. it, She's an adult and going to her father. And she, if she thinks this is pornography, like seriously, yeah, like the Dollhouse is the only one I've read. I'm Here. trying to remember what all's in it. You know, I know the the whole Sandman series as a whole has sex in it, has violence. Um, it's not what it focuses on. It's in there because it fits with the story. It's not like it's forced in there for oh, I need a sex scene here. I need something gory here. No, I've I've Sandman, read part of Why the Last Man also, and it's it, it's essentially a story of 
the last man on earth and all the women that are essentially trying to trying to get him to impregnate them. You know, I watched that show and that guy had trouble getting laid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the TV show is not going to be based off the graphic novel. <laughs> You're talking about the last man on earth. Yeah. That's not, it's not based on that. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. I watched I'm... about half the first episode and I decided that I really actually did not want to watch somebody go insane on TV. Actually, so, the show is pretty funny. Well, I missed that part then. Well, did you just watch the first episode? Yeah. Okay, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. No, that was my choice. Well, I can understand. If, your if you, problem, yeah. my friend, is that you're contentious. <laughs> my problem is I hate the second season of everything. <laughs> See? Contentious. So. No, but I'm trying to imagine my daughter coming to me and telling me that that this that that these novels are too graphic for you know for his college. Well, actually, she's raised <laughs> by you. I don't think she'd have that exactly. Problem. Yeah, she she might not. She might not even. She she wouldn't I, even dare. And I'm fairly certain you would not say, "Okay, honey, I will support you in um getting that protested." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a general adult in college, mm. you know, should not be trained something like that. It doesn't fit. Doesn't make sense. It is just so out there. That, can we, can know, we judge it, her it, it father for a moment? Comical. I mean, it is. It's childish. Can we? Can it we? Really can, yeah. Can we judge her father for a moment here? Yes. <laughs> I mean, my oh, God. I, I've been doing Who, that for the last. What? I've been doing that for the last few minutes. What guy supported his daughter in this? Who? Yeah. What, what father didn't say you are fucking ridiculous? You're 20 years old. You know that would have like been it. the proper way to support her. I, in in fact, the class. Yeah, that okay. would have been the proper way to support it. In fact, the proper way to support it would have been to here. Let me show you a couple of my magazines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know. But in terms of, I'm just kind of surprised that she doesn't have uh, the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Returns on there as as being. I, I mean, I'm sure those are on the are on the curriculum as well because those are absolute classics and those are horrifically violent. I mean, anything Frank Miller writes is is brutal. How and about, that's Batman again. How I about, mean, it's never well, violence wait. that we're concerned about, though, right? How about some of the original Wonder Woman stuff? Oh, the, the, yeah, the only comic before the Conqueror Code came in, there was yeah. some messed up stuff out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, that, what they were doing with that truth lasso? Come yeah. on. Uh, the comics, the history- you know, I, I have to say, if I were, if I were that, if I were a character like that, in that time period, I would have said truth, truth lasso, way more trouble than it's actually worth. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I carry this thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it it always backfires. Oh yeah, Terry, do you want more information or are you good at this I, point? I think I'm good. I mean, okay. I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't asked you uh, if you've come to completion yet. Uh, I haven't talked about cycling yet. So. Oh well, we'll get there. <laughs> but but first i want right. to talk about plus size models does anybody else want to, have to talk about plus size models i thought I like we did talking about plus size models i thought we did already uh no never mind we're no, recording no. ourselves at that I just, time that was the pre-show yeah, uh, yeah that, that was a pre-show that fair was, enough never yeah, mind jeez i'm a no, bitch nobody heard that unless they were unless well that's not true the nsa has that on on, on record <laughs> somewhere but we didn't record it the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we're not. Dumbass isn't on, so it's not an international call. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. can't yeah. record us this time. And uh, 
just just for your information, Sid would like to talk about plus size models. Yeah, I, well, I, I heard Sid in the background there. I'm glad to. Yeah, he's on my leg now. Okay. Um, we've talked about um, this topic before, uh, and we specifically referred to um, Jenny Runk and, and some stuff that she had said. Oh, my link stopped working. All right. Oh, okay. Sorry. So this is a TEDx talk done by Ashley Graham. And she starts out the, um, her talk by, um, by coming out looking in a, in a mirror and doing, and self affirming herself. And rather, uh, very specifically, not right. just I like myself the way I am, but she, she compliments her specific parts. And, you know, and likes them for their flaws as well as their benefits. In fact, she specifically points out her flaws, her back fat, her cellulite thighs, right? Her, her breasts overflowing her bra. <laughs> and not to get into... Not a flaw. Right. Um, we, we, flaw. We, have, we have talked about the research of the self-affirmation and what a fail that is. But putting that aside, the point is that, that she's come to a place in her life where she... She she accepts herself the way that she is, and but she didn't do this overnight. It was it was quite a period of doing it. Um, she looking at um her she's done uh, clothing ads for Lane Bryant. Uh, there's a few others. Um, she's from Lincoln, Nebraska. She said that she was referred to as the cute fat one. Right. And I I'm looking at her and. And I appreciate what she, what she's saying, you know, that basically she's, she's talking about the fashion industry and how this is an industry that she works in, by the way, that she specifically points out a flaw that they, they are looking from the outside in. And she's being, and she talked about how she was being judged, you know, uh, how her body is being judged in this industry, you know, for all these years that, that made it, I, I, I got to give her credit because the fact that she continued to model says something about her self-esteem. I mean, she, she it, well, maybe it doesn't. Maybe what, maybe that's not quite what I mean. I mean, she, she persevered through it, right? And she got to a point where she was able to build self-esteem and still be in that industry. Uh, she is stunning too. I oh, mean, yeah. not, you know, I'm, I'm judging her from the outside in too, but she, sure. uh, yeah, she's stunning. Her, she's gorgeous. If if we didn't have anything else to judge her by, if it was just her photos, we do judge from the outside in. We're totally. human beings do that. But it was really good to, to. I mean, what did you think about what she had oh. to say, Terry? I mean, what what parts stuck out stuck out to you? Uh, I the self affirmation stuff is kind of bullshit. I was glad she was okay. doing it. Uh, if I tried that to myself, though, I would know I was lying to myself. Like it would be hard to. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I disagree. I actually watching her do this self affirmation stuff. I thought about what she was saying, and I actually thought, you know, I, I think what she's saying is actually making me like my body a little bit better. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that I cool. like that she pointed out her specific flaws because I like that she just owned it up front. Like right. she wasn't trying to hide her back fat. She wasn't trying to hide the fact that she has cellulite. She just owned it and got it out of the way so that we could move on with the discussion. Well, let me I say the, cool. the research on the self-affirmation says that if you don't already have self-esteem, it doesn't help. But if you already do have self-esteem, it is actually it actually is a benefit. So if she if she really does, and I have to believe that that she does accept her body the way she is, those self-affirmations are actually beneficial to her. 
Cool. Well, I, I, I believe the her. Point she, that, I, the well, point she was making was that there is no other woman on Earth that has a body like hers. She has a completely true. unique body. And, and that's true of I, every woman on Earth. And that's another that's – her, that's her other point is that all these women, you know, uh, women have their own unique body style. Yep. And sadly, there's a lot of them that are trying to look like other women. Yeah. Right. So there's a um, there's a list of 15 other women that come up when she comes up. Um, Robin Lolly, Crystal. Robin Lolly's my hero, by the way. Is she? You you she's, know? Okay. She's gorgeous. Well, she like she is. Uh, our body types are. I'm not gorgeous like she is, but our body types are sort of similar. So See, there, um, there you go, Terry. You start off problem number one right there. Yeah, exactly. That's my lack of self-affirmation, right? <clears throat> right. It's your lack of self-esteem, I would say, right? I mean – Totally, yeah. Yeah. I mean I I know it's bullshit coming out of my mouth, but it's the chatter in my head, right? I'm not yeah. – I don't look like her. Therefore, I'm not beautiful. Therefore yeah, – Well, one thing – um, the, the movie just came out this year called Duff, and I hadn't even heard of this term. But it's the designated ugly fat friend. I – Yes. Okay. And oh, I saw yeah. pictures of it. And I'm saying, like, where is this ugly fat friend? I mean, <laughs> the, the the young lady who is the designated ugly fat friend in the movie would never be considered that outside of the Hollywood standards. Yeah. And even within the Hollywood standards, she um shouldn't be considered that. But for the movie, you know, they're going to take a um less than um glamorous Hollywood starlet and have her play the ugly fat friend. And Actually, like that has to be one of the worst. Things they could do for um, female body image. Can I get it, you to stop on this and actually put this into the like the next podcast, maybe? Because it sounds like it, a a, yeah, a, a, a totally but, another topic. And, no, and it, well, but but it's the Hollywood image, yeah, absolutely, that is shaping what mm. we're considering um, the curvy women here. Right, exactly, you and know, that's yeah. And you so, know, uh, let me throw something in here real quick on the subject of the Hollywood aesthetic. Um, I, I saw it actually kind of a compelling scientific argument to say that that the people in Hollywood are not even kind of the same breed as the rest of the country anymore. You know what? The the pro- the other problem with Hollywood women is that every time you see them on a cover, they are so photoshopped. That's yeah. not the real woman. That's not and what they actually look like. Many of them are getting upset like. about that. Many of them want to say, no, make me more natural. I don't want to be part of the problem. I'd, I'd rather it go the other way. Yeah. But the magazines that are trying to sell them as being um, more more what they want everyone to believe is sexy. They're make photo- me up to make me look more natural. They're, they're, they are photoshopping Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. She does yeah. not need to be photoshopped. I mean, no, and, 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 and let's say no woman, woman does, but Jennifer Lawrence ha- has a pretty stunning body without photoshopping, right? Correct. So. So do I. Exactly. Well, but there you go. So All, most of these go. women do. These curvy women, every single one of these curvy women that they're, that they're getting down on. Um, Jenny Runk, I mean, uh, these these women well, look like women, and I've yeah. often complained about a lot of these supermodels that are so thin they don't look like women. No women look like them, except for a very small portion. Yeah, I do I a link up here called the ten hottest plus size fashion models. You look through those mm-hmm. women, and you're like, that is plus size. Lizzie Miller, sure? how is she? How is she plus right. size? So here's <laughs> here's one here's another thing that she said in the article, which um. I don't know how to interpret exactly. In she the says, TED Talk? Yeah, in the TED Talk. She says that um, in the 
a US size 8 to a US size 16. Those are your plus size models. So I guess 1 to or 0 to 7 is 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 your normal model and and plus size is 8 to 16. She says that the majority of the people in that room fit into that 8 to 16. That is right. your that is your normal size woman. Yeah. Well, that's human range. Okay. What is an 8? See, that's we were talking about this earlier. It depends, right? You can't say that because if I go to buy pants at Eddie Bauer, I'm a size four. At some other store, I might be a size six. At another store, I might be a size eight. I don't, women's clothing is, there's, um, it's aspirational sizing. So I like buying my pants from Eddie Bauer, right? Because I'm a size four at Eddie Bauer. At, <laughs> you know, okay. It's totally there's a there's it's a thing. Aspiration yeah, so they're not the same everywhere. So I don't know what so size. You don't even eight, know what a size right. eight is. But here's the thing: when I look at Ashley Graham, I don't think fat or overweight. Right. Oh, you think beautiful face, articulate. Yeah. yeah. I said with with the um top the hottest plus size fashion models, I look through them and say that looks like an attractive woman. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. Oh my God, she's too big because he doesn't look big. She looks natural. She looks healthy. What well, the, Ashley Graham's yeah. in here, and she's beautiful. Yeah. She's yeah. Just gorgeous. Jenny Runk is is gorgeous. Robin uh, Lawley is gorgeous. Um, this Crystal, what is it? Crystal Wren. She's mm-hmm. an interesting one because she her weight fluctuates a lot. Right. She tries. She fits both. Sometimes she's a plus size model, mm-hmm. and sometimes she's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here's the thing. And this is a personal preference. She looks better with more weight on her. I agree. And, and I, you know, I, I, right or wrong, um, you know, uh, that's how I prefer the body type, I guess. Do we need, I liked what she said in the TED Talk too about, um, do we need to, we say plus size almost like it's an apology. Well, you're not really a model. You're a plus size model. Like that's a lesser category. But or, here's, yeah. the, here's the problem with that is if the majority of women in the U.S. fit in this 8 to 16 range, whatever that happens to be, Whatever I don't know, that is at the given store, yes. Then the majority <laughs> of, of models should be plus-size models because that is a majority of clothing that's going to fit the majority of women, yeah, right? There's a logic to that. It's not so, to say that you don't need all the models for all these different types. It's like it, – if you want to see how how a piece of clothing is going to look on a model that looks most like you to see what it might look like on you if you're going to sell it, right? So I'm going to go look at what's her name, Robin Lolly again. Oh, sure. oh yeah, yeah. Could totally rock that bikini. But the problem is that they are trying to tell us what people should look like. Well, they yeah. should. They are trying to tell us men should be <clears throat> cut and hairless, and they're telling us women should be anorexic. And who we should be attracted to, right? So yep. um, do you get to be attracted to Robin Lolly or do you, are you supposed to be attracted to somebody super thin? Like, well, I am, I'm attracted to Robin Lolly, but ashamed of it. Is that Here's, okay? <laughs> no, no, it's, no, not, it's not, not okay. okay. You know, I remember Kate Moss when she was huge. I didn't find her attractive at all. I'd look at it and it's like, really? That's what we're supposed to picture women looking like? It Wait, didn't appeal to me. When she was all, thin? At least. When she Terry, was thin? Terry, earlier, before the podcast, mm-hmm. you brought up a, a dirty word. I did. Pro- you, I'm sure I did, up, but I'm trying to remember You which brought one. up the word fit. <laughs> oh, fit, yes. Now, what is, what is fit? So I, tell me what fit is. Uh, in, so that's a good question. In the context that I brought it up earlier, I was saying that um, <clears throat> some of the guys that I ride with are more fit because it's halfway through this race season and they've been training. So Okay. They're fast. They're now faster. Where I used to fit. 
because they're faster. They seem to have the stamina now that they lacked earlier okay. in the cycling season. They have cardiovascular fitness. This is okay. different. What she's talking about is different than I think the point you want to make. When she's talking about well, fit, no, she's I'm, talking I'm, about. I'm asking how she's defining oh, okay. it. Okay. That's how so, I'm defining it. Okay. So you're defining it as doping. I understand. Yeah, doping. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, there were some pictures of him a few years ago when he was governor about getting out of shape. But he's one that doesn't need much work to get himself toned again. Yeah, just to that's yeah. Yep. There's probably some truth to that. Here's yep. the thing: is that we we talked about an article huh? a while back that um, talked about how men actually prefer the curvy women. Mm-hmm. So the 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 curvy body preference really appeals to the majority of men, whereas these really skin skinny models they're they're using to appeal to women. My buddy Eric says that the people who put the most pressure on women to be thin or other women, not yes. men. Yeah, not men. Yeah. So I, here's what happens in my fucked up brain. So I um, wear a, a cycling clothes are tight fitting because they're aerodynamic and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so sometimes I notice somebody checking me out in my cycling kit and uh, I'm never sh- quite sh- like my initial instinct is, like, do, am I flattered by that, or are they looking at the bolt at like where I'm not quite as tight as I could be, or where I have a little bit of a muffin top, or what? You know what I mean? Like, imme- I have like a a few minutes of sort of pleasure and flattery and feeling awesome about it, and then I start thinking about what else they, what are they seeing, what are they? Very, they're admiring your hot body. Just thank you. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing: is that you know we took a lot of time to shame Ian about his stuff, and we're going to we shame, totally and shame we're going to shame you right now for for, totally for, for what you're worrying yeah. about. Yeah, I agree. Because yeah. no man is looking, no man is probably looking at you and 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 going, oh well, she's too big there, but she looks great yeah. there. They're not I'm doing sure. that. My, my wife has some of that same thing. She goes out with her friends. Um, to clubs and stuff, I, it's not my scene. I don't like it. I have no problem with her going. She gets picked up by men and women constantly at these places, and yet she still has some of these body image things. Like you go out and you get picked up, no matter where you go. Well, your, your body's obviously something people are attracted to, and like I said men and women both try to pick her up. Right so on. Well, Sarah's Sarah's got a ton of charisma, no matter what. So she just she just comes across as somebody who is just just good and fun to be with so people are going to be attracted to her whether she's got the plus size body or the or the minus size body either way she's got a high level of charisma and people are drawn to that but she doesn't understand and you know her body's not unattractive and it's one thing that i often have to try and convince her it's like you know you don't know where the stuff is coming from. I'm obviously still attracted to you. I still desire you. You go out and you get picked up on like crazy. Other people are des- um, obviously desire you. Don't have these issues about your body. It, you know, it, it's not anything that you should um, let drag yourself down. It's not there. The the other problem so though, the other problem I have with with this is this is not an issue that I can help with. In a lot of ways, right? Because there's only so much that I can say as a person, you know, to, to a woman. It's like, it's like, I, I cannot force you to, to, to accept that for yourself. Right. Yeah. But more, I know, I agree with that. It's just that we get so inundated. And so, uh, yeah. like it's just changing the habits of mind that we grew up with. Right. And hearing, like hearing that and like noticing guys checking me out. I love that. And I need to just savor that and like, uh, to try to do like behavioral therapy to stop the thoughts about what 
else, you know, just rock it and just forget about the other stuff that I worry about. Yeah. The other part about the article that I appreciate is that she she's pointing out the problems in her very own field, right? She's saying that this is the problem in the industry that I work in. And so she's working on on changing it from the inside, right? She's a body activist. So yeah. so this is clearly something that's important to her. And so hopefully hopefully we'll see more curvy models and they'll stand up for themselves and and maybe we can stop some of this body shaming issues. And chicks like I, me will stop self-shaming, right? Right, I exactly. Well, that. it's a huge problem. It really is a huge problem that that there's so many women self-shaming because yeah. it's it's unnecessary. It, if you if you're just talking about attracting men especially, it's extremely unnecessary. For my part, I'm going to I'm going to from here on out refer to uh, traditional models as minus sized models. Exa well, exactly, like right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, because realistically, what we're calling a plus side model should just be a model, right? I mean, because that is the average body type. Those are, are the models. Well, they are, they are women of human dimensions. Here's the thing is that this is a huge industry that, I mean, I, I, I how does it change? I think from within. You said that, um, yeah. You said that Jen had some problems with that TED Talk. Yeah, and I wasn't exactly clear on what where what the point she was getting at. And unfortunately, she was running out to the gym, so um, uh, I, I didn't quite get to that. But uh, I'm sure that this is something we'll talk about again. Yeah, I All like right, the idea it, of changing it. Up enough. Oh God! Here, look at this. This is one of the things um, when I look at I'm looking at images of Robin Lawley, and one of the things that comes up on the top is thigh gap, and this bothers the shit out of me we've had the thigh gap argument already or conversation rather it is it is bad it's a bad so, bad thing does she have thigh gap or does she not no she does not i don't think she does i don't know and do we care no no we don't care this is this is the problem this is why i hate this so much it says yeah i guess she does have thigh gap in some of these what what is uh, the, i don't understand where how this ever started whoever thought this was a good idea that it just is so unnecessary. Uh, somebody photoshopping just got a little overboard one day, maybe. And... Yeah, I don't know. I, I when you do it with thigh gap, you see it, but otherwise, you know, in the in the pictures on on just the regular page, the image, I, I don't see it. Uh, the, uh, I don't know. It bothers me that that they do this. Mm -hmm. The thigh gap thing bothers me. I don't like it. You know, uh, it's really good for me to look at all these pictures of these average-sized women. Like, I think that's it. Seeing more images of women who are more representative of my body type is really helpful. Right, and you and you have one body type, but in that normal range, there are many. Yeah. You know? So, all right. Hey, tell me about why I shouldn't wear underwear while I'm cycling. So, um, as we discussed, cycling clothes are pretty tight. Um, they're designed to be aerodynamic and aerodynamic, sorry. And um, cycling shorts in particular have some padding called chamois um, in the crotch so that to kind of lessen the, um, the pressure points on the, when you're on the saddle. But uh, some people, apparently, I didn't know this, wear underwear with their cycling shorts, which is do not ever do that. Never wear, go commando with your cycling shorts because they're designed to be, they've got the chamois, uh, they're designed to wick moisture away. And if you put a layer of underpants, it's like one more thing in there to move around and chafe and one more thing to hold moisture against your body. So nobody should wear. That, that's not so the same. Cycling as the, clothes are like a swimsuit. 
Basically, yeah. Okay. Well, though I I do wear a bra under my um top, but yeah. But wait, that is that different than the sham wow I've been stuffing down my pants? <laughs> Don't ever put sham wow in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so this article I linked to is just—it's got these great retro pictures of women on bikes, and it's just—it's just really a kind of a funny take on um, the arguments that people, you know, the hesitation people might have with going commando. But, you know, right yeah. now I just wear a pair of shorts. I don't have cycling shorts. Am, am oh, I bad? Uh, it's uh, if you feel okay. The pro- part of the problem is uh, people think the more padding, the better in the saddle and the shorts, and so some people overdo both. I um, I figured that I that my butt just has to get used to the seat, and the more I ride, that I'll just get more used to it. Yeah, that's part of it too. You need uh, the <clears throat> ideal thing would be to get a bike fit and make sure the saddle fits your body because we have different widths. And then it needs to support your bone structure and kind of give your soft tissue a little place to be without pressure points. Hmm. So Ryan ain't uh, got nothing but bone structure. Well, that, that is probably <laughs> my problem, right? Is that there's no padding down there other than bone. Other than bone. So yeah, it's it kind of supports your bones and and kind of holds the soft tissue off up off the saddle a little bit, ideally if it's positioned correctly. And then the um, padded shorts will just kind of reduce the chafing and the pressure of you moving against the saddle. All right, I'll don't look ever in. wear underpants under your your cycling shorts. Well, I don't. I, I'm gonna. Have to, I need cycling shorts. I don't even have those. You should get some. I should. I I've been riding. I've been doing pretty good. Uh, you know. I but I'm I'm doing short rides. Right. I'm only up to about a half hour. Um, right now, but because I'm kind of I'm kind of extending my route as I go because That's I'm great. trying to to track my route. Um, and so I want to know exactly how far I'm riding. And so once I get a route that's consistent that I can do, you know, I'll do that route, at least for right now, you know, just so that I'm doing something regularly. Uh, there's an app called Strava. Oh, I don't, I don't, I, I've been using my tracks. Strava is kind of a social media tracking app. So it'll map it like my tracks, but if you want, you can follow other cyclists in your area and look at their routes. If you need some mm, different routes to ride. Okay. All right. And then you can look at your speed for the particular route and see if you've increased or decreased or that, you know, how much distance you've added and that kind of, I don't know. It's useful information. There is a um, social media component component that can be pretty competitive. What, what is your max speed? What, what is your top speed when you cycle? Downhill? Yeah. Downhill. I, uh, I think I've gone down Hess road at close to 40. God damn you. I, I was, I did 26 and thought, oh my God, I did so good. I get scared though. I don't go faster than that. I get scared. I'm too 40 scared. miles an hour? I uh, did a ride Monday with a pro racer. She did a really casual women's chit chat ride. And so I was just, we were just talking and um, she was talking about descending at 50 plus. Oh my God. Tell me I 26 is imagine. reasonable. Tell me I did good. You did awesome. 26 <laughs> is huge. I, I get, I honest to God, I get twitchy at speeds above like 25. I don't think my bike can do any faster than that, though. My my bike is a, you can is a do road faster bike. Faster on a sharper grade, at I, a ninety percent, a ninety degree grade, for instance. Yeah, the problem uh, is your, your speed actually increases with the speed of gravity by the second. Yeah, but the here's the here's problem the problem is, is that I I want to be pedaling and I want resistance in the pedals, and so if I went any faster, I don't have the gearing to go any faster. Right. Sometimes you just have to tuck and go for it, and it's just you know the momentum that you've built up. Yeah. Oh, I you don't know if I can do like, that. Put your, well, don't do this at 26 miles an hour until you're comfortable with it. But put your hands in the drops, right, instead of on I the... don't have drops. I don't have that kind of bike. Oh, there you go. You went 26 on a non-drop bar bike? That kicks ass. Yeah, it, I just have the straight handles on top. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't have drop handles. See? I don't I don't know this for certain, but tucking on a bike <clears throat> sounds really uncomfortable against 
but you lift your you lift your your butt off the seat a little bit, shift your weight over the bottom bracket so you can kind of counterbalance to keep mm. enough control on the front of the bike and the rear of the bike and kind of balance yourself in between and then move your ass back on the saddle so that your weight's not on the saddle. It's kind of over your legs, over the bottom bracket. Hmm. Yeah, no, I don't have a fast bike. Fast bikes are fun. Yeah, I know. That's what you keep telling me. Yeah, they are really. Although I did, a, I rode my cross bike Friday. That was pretty fun. I think mine's a cross. My, it's, just a, it's just a road bike. That's all they told me it was when I bought it, a road bike. Perfect. By the way, Terry, I, I saw the next bike you need to get. Yeah? Yeah, I saw somebody riding this. Well, Apparently, it? what they had done is they had welded the frame of a bike on top of the frame of another bike. Uh-uh. <laughs> so <laughs> they were riding like eight feet above the ground. Oh, my <laughs> God. What an inefficient – how do you get up there even? How do you – That was one of the logistical questions that I asked myself. You, you have to get on top of the garage to start. <laughs> yeah, and your center of gravity is so high at that point. How do you even control that? I don't wow. know. Yeah, oh, I know hey. how you get down though. That That's an interesting <laughs> one. <laughs> have you heard about this guy who made a bike that when you turn when you turn the bar handlebars left, it goes right. When you turn them right, they go left. Did yeah, you hear about this guy? Yeah, my neurology friend sent me that video. That yeah, is fascinating. That is wild, isn't it? I would, I would, I would be like the, all those guys falling on their ass. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah, that is very counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, and your brain. It's hard to toggle back. You think it's going to be easy, and nobody can do it. Yeah. Okay. Hey guys, can I talk about some scams? Yeah, totally. Nope. Sure. No, I've brought myself to completion now. Okay, okay. good. Thank you. Yes. yes. So um, I have the top internet scams, and so I just I wanted to go through these ones fairly quickly. Some of them we've seen before. Some of them are new, but a lot of them are still going around. Um, the Nigerian scam, which we've talked a lot about. But I guess I didn't realize that it was related to a scam that went back to the 1920s called the Spanish Prisoner. So I'm gonna have to look okay, into that a little I've bit. I've heard more. about that. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into the Spanish prisoner a little bit more. I thought that was cool. So maybe some of these uh maybe we can find some more retro scams that that they've just modified. And probably most of these fall into those categories. So we've got we've talked about this. This is where somebody sends you, Hey, I've got a whole bunch of money that I'm trying to get out of the country. You know, um if you help me, you know, you can have so much of it. And of course they just wipe out your bank account. Um the next one, this is this is an interesting one. Um this is the prepaid visa scam. And so basically the way that this works is that you would they they'll give you a they say that they're going to give you a visa card but you're going to pay the limit up front. Um which could be legitimate I suppose, but most of these were just a scam that you paid them and you never got your money. And interestingly enough, I knew a guy who was helping to set these up. Um I at first I think he didn't know what he was doing. Um, when the indictments came down, he didn't get indicted, but I think at some point he realized who he was working for because he was setting up these call centers. Um, and actually, uh, Mac knows this person too. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think about. you yeah. probably, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So that, that's it. So, the, but this is an interesting one. So basically, if you have to pay for the credit card up front, you're probably getting scammed. Not a guarantee, but it's pretty likely. Well, uh, you've convinced me I'm going to cut up my debit cards. Okay, I said credit card, not debit card, but you know what? Maybe for you that's a good idea. Cut those things up. The lottery scam, this is great. So basically, you'll get an email saying like, hey, you won the Irish lottery. Ah, but you're going to have to pay these fees up front. So so before you can get the million dollars that you've won, you need to pay these $2,000 of fees up front first. 
Who falls for this? I'm sorry. Oh, I just, I just cringe. I know people, I know there that are it works. people who fall for it. I know, but it just seems and so counterintuitive. Fall usually fall for it because they are greedy and they are uh, less, less educated and less on top of things. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, I, boggling. Phishing scams. Now these ones, these ones are, we're seeing a lot more of these, like they'll be targeted. Like, um, so if you ha if you know that like say you're trying to get money from a um from a CFO from a certain company you might handcraft that this phishing scam specifically to target him you you know you might even be personal information um you might maybe he likes the golf you might include that in in your phishing scam so some of these phishing scams can be incredibly targeted there's the blanket ones that that most people are likely to get in their email which you know kind of look at you know a citibank wants you to verify something but let they, me throw out a couple of pieces of information here on that sure um first thing if you are if you are receiving one of these emails and you're not sure about it check for spelling errors well, also, never use the links in any email like that. Yes, if you never think they might the be links. legitimate, go to the uh, the email uh, the, to the website you already know your bank has, the one you use online, because if, if you go through that, you know that's a legitimate one. Yep. If you are setting up a phishing, jam, fish, phishing scam, use spell check. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, is that the, these kinds of phishing scams, they can be extremely targeted so if you work for an organization that Hello. that might be targeted you need to be extra vigilant and i i listen to a lot of uh um security podcasts that that have a lot of pen testers on there and that they will when they do a pen test they'll specifically cr handcraft um, a phishing email for those employees and and they work and of course they work far better when they're handcrafted oh yeah and I, I would imagine. Well, anything works better when it's handcrafted. Right, exactly. So I would imagine that, that if these phishing emails are handcrafted enough, that I might even fall for one. Right. And, and I, and I, and I like to, I would like to think that I know what I'm looking at, but I think that I could be tricked. In fact, I'm sure I could. Some of these people are so freaking good. They're amazing. Well, this is social engineering. Brian, and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brian, challenge accepted. Okay, good. Oh, Excellent. Yeah, but like, yeah, no, absolutely. You get something like that. Don't link. Don't use the link in the email. That's all. You know, the easiest way to make sure you. Never yeah, but get the, they can. These things can get even even craftier than that. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. So I, I've gotten them, and I normally don't believe them, but I normally will check, and I will go through the proper. But none of them have been handcrafted to target and, you. The, you know, oh, nothing's wrong. Okay, I'm good. Right, but none of them have been handcrafted to target you. That that's what, that's mm. my point. Is that that in some environments you're more likely to get these phishing emails than others. And if you're a CFO for a company, you need to be extra vigilant. Right. Yeah. Because they'll handcraft it for you. Note to any scammers out there trying to scam Brian, <clears throat> when you craft the email, make sure that you, that you tell him he needs to verify his bowling purchases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn you. <laughs> So uh, the other, this next one I I really like is an overpayment scam. We've had so, people try that with us. We did um, some stuff on Craigslist once, and guy mm. was like, "Oh, you know, I'm out of state, but I'll buy it." And he it was exactly like this. Yeah. So uh, basically, I'm I'm gonna send you extra money for the shipping. Well, no, his excuse was something like, "Well, this is 
Um, it was supposed. To, I, I, uh, the check I was going to write was going to come from this one guy paying me. They gave me too much because it was for some extra stuff. So if uh, you know, just put it in your bank. Um, send me the difference. Yeah, it will be good. Absolutely. There you go. And you didn't uh, fall for it. What bothered us with that is we tried to talk to the bank and say, "Hey, listen, you know, um, <laughs> this is what happened," and they didn't seem one bit interested in looking into it. No, and because like, there's just okay. too many of them. There's only so much they can do. There's just, they, I mean, they they would be overwhelmed with this stuff. Mm. And that's part that that is part of the reason they get away with it. And it's also part of the problem, right? Yeah. Um, this next one is it says employment search overpayment scam. Not familiar with this one. Yeah, I forget. I forget. I read through this and now oh, I forget. It basically, they are telling they are telling you that they need somebody to work for their company. <laughs> In your country. Oh, right, right, exactly. Okay. So, that, so that you can take their money. So they're going to take your bank account information, right? So basically, you're going to use your personal bank account to, to, to funnel money, you know, out. Nice. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, geez. Yeah, that's good. That's what, which is when you send them an email back saying, okay, I have set up a bank account in your, com- in your company's name, and I have taken out several credit cards in your company's <laughs> name as well. Exactly, right. Uh, the next one. Oh, yes. This is, this was a popular one. So basically, when there's a disaster, people will set up these web pages and get, try to get you to, to, um, give relief funds through their web page. And it's just a scam. They just collect the money. Yeah. See, I'm not, I'm not vulnerable to that one because I'm a heartless prick. Well, and you have no money. That's you know, it. there's a lot of charities out there that like some mm-hmm. tiny percentage of their proceeds go to the actual people they're, they yeah, claim yeah. to help, which is I, like just enough to be legal. I'm yeah, very careful. We've talked about charities in the past, yeah. and, you know, we definitely recommend any charity you think of donating to, look into, see exactly if it's what you want, if the money's going where you think it's supposed to go, stuff like that. There, there's a lot of sites out there now that break down the real charities and tell you which ones are actually worth um, donating your money to. Yeah. Travel scams. We've seen a bunch of these. You know, basically, you know, hey, you've won a cruise. Yeah. All you need to do is pay the taxes up front or these these small fees or, hey, yeah, or, or the airfare is free, but the hotel is ridiculous. So there's all sorts of ways to make this one happen. Uh, make money fast. Chain emails. Yeah. So chain emails. I mean, those the, have been the, around for yeah, forever. Ever. Right? Yeah, they were chain letters. Yeah. First, now they're chain yep. emails. Yeah, at so at one point they were they, it's a little known, but at one point they were chainstone tablets. <laughs> Is that where the pyramid scheme comes from? Oh, Egypt. nice. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so the, the way this works is basically you're going to send money to to so many people on this list, and then your name's going to get put on the list, and eventually you'll get a whole bunch of money too. And it's supposed to work like a pyramid scheme where there's more people giving than receiving. And eventually yep. you'll be at the top of the pyramid. But the way that it actually works is the people at the top of the pyramid are always at the top of the pyramid. Yep. And the last one, turn your computer into money-making machine. So basically you put some software on there and it'll punch a bunch of ads and stuff and basically you'll accrue money somehow. And so yep. well, while you've got this malware in your system, who God knows what they'll I be doing to say, it. I was going to say, that is definitely malware. Yeah, exactly. It is definitely malware. <laughs> yes, yes. Somebody's making money. It's just not you. So these next two scams I want to talk about are ones that I actually got. Um, so this first one is um, is for a fraud for um, it's it, it is called Delta Score. And so this thing I told off the fax machine, and I was like, I looked at it, and it, and I'm like, 
boy, this really looks like a scam to me. I'm going to go check it out before I give it to anybody. Um, because I think in some in some places this might just get passed off to you know to an accounting department who pays it right, and I think that's probably how 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 they how the scam works. But the idea is that your that your credit information is going to go into this scoring system, so that other people can you know get referrals for your business. So basically, it's a completely worthless um, database uh, of information that nobody's using, but they're going to charge you. Um, anywhere, uh, this says 97 euros and, and, and basically there's a payment on here. So basically you're going to get roped into a monthly charge of some sort that you can't get out of, right? That they're just going to continue to charge you for somehow. And they're, they're going to make a bunch of money for a service that they're not even providing. What's interesting about this though is that there is a QR code on there. And if you scan the QR code, mine did something different than theirs, but mine, I think mine just went nowhere. Theirs, they got some, maybe I got the same one as this, but basically the QR code is bullshit. So if you scan the QR code, you automatically know that it's a fraud. Um, but it's so good. You, the printout is so good and it has, you know, some information, but I looked at the information and I knew that the information was wrong. So I had a pretty good idea that it was a scam. So now it just sits on my desk and I never gave it to anybody else in the company. Uh, so that was an interesting one. Um, oh, and I tracked the website. The website was in Germany, which, refer- and, but if you look on there, the support information refers back to an American website. The website looks good too. They put some time into it. Um, the next one, I got this phone call and somebody asked me if I had, if I had any pain. It's like, well, what kind of pain? They said, well, you know, like back pain and joint pain, which what, like 70% of the, of the U.S. has. It's a cold reading. <laughs> it's a cold yeah. reading. Yeah, exactly. And so they got my name from a referral when I, when I got some pain medication. I'm like, really? So, so a referral from, from the pharmacy. Yeah. And uh, so they were going to send me some pain cream. And I'm like, I'm like, Number one, because of HIPAA laws, you could not get a referral like that. So you're lying. <laughs> and at that point, you know, the guy's like, no, well, you know, we're just going to send you some payment. And let me, let me, uh, we just say to get some information. I'm like, well, you called me. I'll verify any information you have. Go ahead. And they're like, <laughs> he's like, what? No, you need to give me the information. I'm like, you called me. He's like, listen, you already told me I'm, I'm lying. I just got back from lunch. You know, I'm, I'm just going to move on. I said, I don't care if you just got back from lunch. You called me. He said, well, you should care. I said, why? He said, and click. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good question. Why should you care? Why should I care? I mean, <laughs> if you just got back from lunch and uh, what? What does that have to do with it? You called me, buddy. I imagine the way the scam works is we're going to send you free pain cream. You just need to pay for the shipping. Yes. Ah. I imagine that's the scam. And you give them your credit card number, they charge the shit out of it, and and you're left with the bill. Well, it's like the uh, free aluminum wallets that my parents ordered that they ended up getting charged for huge amounts for. Oh, I think you told me about that, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm pretty sure that that's how that scam works, is that, that you know, it's, just a, it's to get your credit card. The pain cream is just, you know, the red herring. So I, the last two I thought I, they were cool because they, I actually got the, I got that phone call and and I got the, and I pulled that off the fax machine. The other, the well, Delta I think I may have told you guys about the best Delta Nigerian score. scam email I ever got. No, well, tell me about it. I got the I got the the uh, I got the email from the Nigerian government apologizing for the Nigerian scam <laughs> and letting letting me know that if I would provide my bank account number, they would reimburse me for any damages i had suffered due to the nigerian scam that's awesome 
Yeah, it was a good one. It was it was impressive. Oh, I'm looking yeah. at this going, this needs to be enshrined. <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I tell you what, we've gone quite a while here. Is there anything else? No. All I right. think we're good. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Another one in the can. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Sharealike No Derivatives 3.5 License. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.